Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. to be in church this morning like isn't it like with everything that is going on with all the the worry and all the the fear that's around I just love getting around people that see things the same way that I do um so it is just exciting to be here and I kind of um I mean personally I'm a hypochondriac so like part of me is all like oh, like, am I feeling a bit warm? Like, I don't know, like, <clears throat> and then the other side of me is like, oh, this is exciting. Like, imagine if I get to stay in my house for two weeks, like, oh, what am I going to do? Like, how are things going to go? So I'm like kind of split like 50-50 on like slightly sometimes get a bit like, oh, and then the other half of me is like just up for the adventure that's ahead. And especially in church, especially in church, I'm excited for what we can do as a church. I'm excited for what we can provide for our community in a time when not everyone's going to be able to do all the things that they normally can potentially so we just get to think fast and be creative and really just to get to love people so what like I don't know I'm just I'm excited about it it's bad isn't it but yeah I've just got peace I'm that person with too much peace but I will elbow tap you don't worry um but yeah how how good has this series been so far it's been um if this is your first time um here or if you'd missed the first two um segments like you weren't here the last couple of weeks um our series is called Do You Even Lift? Um, I didn't know that, but I just like to read it because it's there and it looks great. Good job. Um, but a bit of a recap. So um, the first week, um, Pat spoke on um, the source. Um, so, oh, sorry. This is about faith. It's about building faith. It's about, um, um, it's like a muscle building program about us building that muscle that we've got as Christians called faith. So Pat spoke um, on the source and where the source of our faith comes from. And last week we heard from Dan Cronin and Becky and his wife. And they spoke on the step. So taking that step of faith. And they're currently planting a church in Morecambe. And that was just incredible to hear some of their story and some of the challenges that are coming with that. Some of the, the fears and doubts that you have as you take that first step. And me now, third week, I will be speaking on... Um, this is like a joke that Daniel has. He's put me on this week and he's used a word that I can't really say. I've been practicing. The sustenance. So faith to, <laughs> faith to sustain. That's what I've been saying. The faith that's kind of for the, like, the long haul. The faith that's not just for now, but it's to carry us. Um, and so... Yeah, when Daniel was matching people, he's probably like, <laughs> but I do have to, I just want to take a moment actually, and I, I want to preface this as well and say like, it could look like, as Daniel be my husband, that this could look like bragging, but it's not, it's honoring, and I just want to take a moment to honor Daniel as our um, pastor and as our leader, and he does so well at these um, sermon series and crafting them and listening to God and the way it's all worked out I mean like the stuff I'll be talking about in a moment but it's also timely the way it's been done it's like God ordained I just want to take a moment to honor him and thank him for the time and the um, like I don't know the his like ear listening to God on what God wants to teach us as a church like he doesn't just mash this all together and go this will do he really is like strategic and practical and thoughtful and um, it, there's intricacy with what he does so I just want to thank him for that um, but yeah I was left with a word I can't say but no it's good it's good it's exciting and um, yeah I just want to encourage you as well this morning um, to take notes 
I don't know if that's something that you usually do. Um, maybe you always bring a notebook and a pen. Um, maybe you take them on your phone. But I want to encourage you in this moment, if you don't take notes, to get something out that you could potentially take a note on. I think it's so important that we participate in the Word. Like, um, God doesn't, um, like I was saying, like, make, like, help create these um, messages that he wants us to hear and learn from for one person in this room. Our God is bigger than that, and he is um, way more able than that. We limit him when we think that, and, like, we sit there like, oh, this is for that person. Yeah, yeah, it might be in a hole, but he can use anything to speak to you. So I just really want to encourage you to get ready to take notes. Like, maybe there's a word that I say this morning that stands out to you. Like, write it down, meditate on it in this week as we come, because, like, God is speaking and he's moving, and we don't want to, like, miss that because we're like, oh, I can't be bothered. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's be, like, on the edge of our seats ready to go. We want to participate. But, yeah, so this series is called Do You Even Lift? And, yeah, I do. I was really proud when I had this because, like, I go to the gym and I was like, oh, I can brag about this for a moment. But, yeah, I do I do go to the gym and I actually do lift weights. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, flexing my muscles. But, yeah, do I also eat? Yes, I do. And sometimes I always say, like, I only go to the gym so I can eat um, because I love to eat as well. And I, there's a kind of like a saying, and it's called abs are made in the kitchen. And it's, it's true. There is a balance that there is with working out, exercising, and eating. There's a balance where people say it's 50-50, but it's also known as like 60-40, 30-70. Basically, you're meant to be eating healthy more than you are working out. And I was like, great, because I eat a lot. So when I was thinking about this, I was like, oh, hmm, this is sparking something. Thinking about the balance between our eating and our exercising made me think about the balance of our faith and our action. Like, do we find it easy to have faith in short bursts? Do we find it easy to have faith when everything is set up in front of us, when we've got, like, the plan out and we, it's all guided and we know how to do it, like the meal prep is getting delivered to our door? Do we find it easy when, to have faith when you are still hearing from God, when you getting told regularly, like, oh, I'm seeing change in you. Like, oh, your body's changing. Like, oh, that's good. Like, oh, like, yeah, just keep going. Motivational comments. Like, do we find it easy to have faith when we can hear from God? Do you find it easy when it's in private, maybe? Maybe when no one knows what you're working on, like you're behind the closed doors and you're like, oh, I can't wait for my big reveal. Like, because no one else can see what you're actually doing. But what about when it comes to long-term faith? What about when it, things get a little bit tough, not as we expected, and when things aren't kind of adding up how we thought? So that's kind of like what I want to talk about today is like, um, I just kind of want to encourage you first and say that it's okay that it's not always going to be long term. Because I think sometimes when um, we hear about oh, yeah, faith, like, it's sustaining, and you maybe you hit a point, and something catches you off guard, and you're like, oh, I've got to start again. And sometimes when that happens, we don't start again. And I feel like God's saying that there's some people in this room this morning that are just fed up of trying to have to start again, and I just want to encourage you and say that that's okay. It's okay if that's the place that you're in. We've all been called to build God's kingdom. Every single one of us um, has been given a purpose and mission by God. And it's something that only we can do. It's so specific to you. And I just, as I go into this message, want to make that clear also, that 
like you are like needed in God's plan. You are needed in God's kingdom. And even if you don't even know God and you've never met Jesus, like he still needs you and wants you and wants to use you. Despite anything you've been through, despite where you think you might be going, he wants to use you. So we're going to look at the story of Noah today, um, which is found in Genesis um, 6 slash 7. Um, so I'm going to be reading from um, Genesis 6, 9 to 7, 12. So if you do have a Bible with you, you can open that up there. So you've got it on your phone, scroll there. Um, if you don't have a Bible, um, maybe lean to the person next to you, but not too close. Um, you know, safe distance. Don't breathe on them. Um, but yeah, so the story of Noah, if you don't know it. Um, Noah was a man who walked with God. And um, God saw that the earth was um, corrupt and filled with violence and bad things that he didn't like. So God instructed Noah to build an ark, which he and his sons and their wives together um, would be in with um, all the living creatures, and they'd be saved by the water. It sounds really far out if you've never heard this before. But this is um, the call that God put on Noah as he wanted to kind of have a fresh start. So I'm just going to read. It is a long passage but it's good. I'll skip a little bit of it, though. I'll tell you once. So, from verse 9, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. And then God goes on to describe how he wants Noah to build an ark, all the fine-tuned details, the length, size, etc. And then he goes on to say in verse 17, I'm going to bring flood waters on the earth and destroy all life under the heavens, every creation, every creature that has breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten, and store it as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came to the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wives and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark. 
as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the floodwaters came to the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst, the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heaven were open, and rain fell on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. Amazing. So I'm just going to um, pray before we get in. God, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it's alive and living and it's relevant to us right now. God, I thank you that, is, that you want to speak this morning and you want to speak into our lives. You want to reveal things to us that you've never, we've never been able to see before. God, I just pray for fresh revelation this morning. God, I pray that our hearts and eyes are open, that lives are going to be changed, God, through your word, through, through your life, through what you've got to teach us. God, I thank you, um, yeah, that we can gather here and that you're here with us. God, just move. Amen. Amen. So, do you not think it's weird reading Noah in the Bible after you heard it in like maybe Sunday school? It's a little bit different to what I thought. I was like, oh, I'll look at Noah and I read it. I was like, it's so different. Um, but yeah, I, I love the story of Noah. And um, I've just found three um, points that I want to pull out of this um, that I feel are really going to help us. Um, I'm not explaining, by the way. I wanna, I'm not going to explain to us how, um, what faith for a long time looks like. I'm going to make it practical this morning. I'm going to say, like, things that we need to do to help that happen. Because I want to be practical. And I want us to walk out of this place after hearing this message, hearing God's work, and go, okay, yeah, I know, I know what I need to change. I know what I need to do. So um, my first point this morning is faith to build with, oh, sorry, faith with open hands. So in Genesis uh, 6, verse 22, it says, thank you, sorry, I couldn't find it. Um, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And then down in um, 7, chapter 7, verse 5, it says, and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Like, wow. When I was reading this, I was like, is that all Noah, like, did? Like, he didn't really say much other than, yeah, sure, cool, I'm going to go do that. Or, like, just got on with what he had to do. He didn't answer back to God. He didn't question God. And, I mean, what he was asking him, like, wasn't a small feat. It wasn't a, a regular everyday task. Like, oh, could you just move this over here? It was like, I want you to do this. And he's like, okay, cool. He just got on with it. And I feel... I was like, how could Noah be in a position where he felt like he could just go, yeah, I'm going to do that? And I read back on um, chapter 6, verse 9, and it says, he walked faithfully with God. It said, Noah walked faithfully with God. I was like, ah, I get it. Noah knew who God was. He knew who was asking of him. So he, that gave him the confidence to go. And I think this morning that... Um, we need to know that we don't always understand God's plans, but we trust him because of who he is. Who is God? I asked myself this question. I was like, who is God? And I had my own answers to this because of my own personal experiences. But I was like, I think we need to look at this. I think we need to, together as a church, go, who is God? And let's look at some um, evidence in the Bible of who our God is. Because when we know that, it makes um, like having faith and walking with God so much more understandable. It's, it makes it so like 
compatible in our minds. So I've just got 15 <laughs> um, characteristics of God that I want to go through. So I'm going to name a characteristic and then a Bible verse. You don't need to flick there. I just want to get through these. And honestly, I did this this morning. I went through them and I was like, ooh, yeah, mm, yeah. So if you feel that way, say it because they're good. They're powerful. So there might be one that stands out to you. But yeah, our God is infinite, infinite. And he, um, so this is in Colossians 1:17. And he is before all things and all things hold together. He is immutable, never changes. In Malachi 3.6, it says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. God is self-sufficient. In John 5.26, it says, For all the Father hath life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. God is omnipotent, all-powerful. It says in Psalm 33.6, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He's omniscient, all-knowing. In Isaiah 46, verse 9 to 10, it says, Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. I'm, I'm God is omnipresent, always everywhere. It says in Psalm 139, 7 to 10, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remote part of the sea, even there your hands will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. God is wise. He has unchanging wisdom. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. That's Romans eleven thirty three. God is faithful, infinitely, unchangeably true. 2 Timothy 2 verse 13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. God is good, kind, and has good will. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, Psalm 34, 8. Our God is just, perfect in all he does. In Deuteronomy 32, 4, it says, The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Our God is merciful. He has compassion. In Romans 9, verse 15 to 16, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I'll have compassion on who I have compassion. So then it does not depend on the man who wills or the man who runs, but on God who has mercy. Our God is gracious. He spares the guilty. In Psalm 145, 8, it says, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in loving kindness. Our God is loving. Unchangingly, he loves us. In 1 John 4, 7 to 8, Behold, let us love one another, for the love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Our God is holy, perfect always. It says in Revelation 4, 8, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And finally, our God is glorious, beautiful and great. In Habakkuk 3, 4, it says, His radiance is like the sunlight. He has rays flashing from his hands, and there 
is the Haydn of his palace. How incredible. Like, that's our God. Like, wow. Like, let's just acknowledge that right now, that that's the God that's calling on us, the God that's put purpose on my life, he's put a purpose on your life, and he wants to use us. Like, in knowledge of all of that, in our knowledge of all of that, he wants to use us still. That's incredible. I think, though, sometimes um, when we are given something by God, um, our hands grab it. They hold tight to it. But we need to make sure that we continue to keep our hands open and always be ready to receive from God. Um, I kind of had a, a thought that came to my mind as um, I was reading the story of Noah and it, this thought of like keeping our hands um, open. It, it's, we need to learn how to invest ourselves, how to build what God's put in front of us, but at the same time keep the understanding that it's God's. How often do we grab, grab hold? Oh God, that ark you want me to build. I think it just needs an extension to the side because you know those elephants a bit wider. Like I think that that would be a better option. Like I know you said like how many cubits this way and X, Y, and Z, but I I feel like because I've experienced reality check, we don't think better. We don't. We don't know the end goal that um, God has got in mind. We just trust him because we know him. We open our hands and just say like, you know what? I'm going to fully invest in this because it's you. Because I know you and I trust you. I'm going to build this because I serve you and I love you. God always has a higher understanding. Um, I have a song lyric to read to you all. And I kind of was laughing as I prepared this because I was like, I need to make a playlist. Because every time I preach, I've got like, I mean, I think there's another three songs that I'm going to reference. So I'm going to start making like a, a playlist you guys can subscribe to um, so you can hear these songs in full. Um, but no, um, yeah, there's a song, um, we were singing it this weekend actually at an event that I was at. And it's one of the lines, it says, it's your breath in our lungs. Wow, that's foundational. When we realize that everything we do, everything that we have is God's, that changes our perspective, right? We don't, we realize that even when we speak, when we talk to one another, that's, it's not even our breath. Like the gift that God's given us, the life that he's given us, like we get to, we get to be part of what he's got in store. We get to be part of building his kingdom. We need to make sure that um, maybe some of the pride that we've got in our lives, maybe some of the, um, the control that we want to have um, doesn't hinder um, the path that God's got us walking on because he wants the best for us. That's why, like, we don't understand, like, like, sometimes I think when we, when we think about things, we filter it through us, obviously, but God filters it through love, like, he filters it through his understanding of who we are, sometimes we can't even see the stuff that's inside of us, but God knows, so that's why he's doing it this way, and I just want to encourage you, maybe there's something that you're holding on to, maybe something God's put in your hand that you've just grabbed. And you just need to release and go, you know what? This isn't even mine anyway. I'm honored that I get to be a part of this. I'm honored that you want me, that you've called me to this. Um, knowing God um, is key to having a faith with open hands. How many times do you think that you've been given something or maybe you find yourself in a position where 
God said, like, spoken to you and you've been like, me? Wow, this is a bit too big. This doesn't make sense. Um, are you sure? Like, we, we question God, don't we? Like, can we obey God when it gets a little bit crazy? When it doesn't come into our understanding? This leads me to my second point. Faith to build when things don't add up. In Genesis 6, um, verse 11 to 21, God, um, I kind of skipped through it before, by the way. Um, it's all the details of uh, what um, God wants Noah to build. The details of it, this ark that he called um, Noah to build. And do you know what I find funny? Like I was saying before, like you read this story and you're like, this sounds different to the stories I got told when I was a kid. I was sure, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure there were people mocking Noah. Like, was that not something we got told? And I read this and I was like, where are these people I got told about? Where are the, where are the people that come and tell me silly? And I think, I mean, I was a bit like, did this even happen? Like, I was shocked. I thought it was part of the Bible. So I was kind of a bit mad at first. I was like, someone lied to me. Um, but then I realized, like, let's be real, that that is most likely going to happen because when we understand uh, the context of where Noah was, um, he was in a dry land, and he got asked to build a very, very large boat. Yeah, that, I would, I would laugh at that. I would, <laughs> I would mock that. I would question that. Um, and um, I think when we um, when we look at this story, like that doesn't add up in our in our mind. That doesn't add up. Building a boat in a dry land where there is no prediction of rain, there is no expectation of rain, you're doing something that is completely, does not fit in with the surroundings that you're in. He was asked to build something that doesn't reflect where he currently is. There's things in our life as Christians um, that God calls us to um, that don't make sense to most people. And um, I mean, I remember when me and Daniel got engaged, I was like, oh, this is exciting. So finally got him. It was like, we're getting married. <laughs> and I was just really, I was pumped and I was excited. And I knew that God was calling us. Like we knew that God like wanted us to be together. He had a plan for us together, united. And I was excited for that. And then I remember I was starting the hairdressers. And I was getting my hair cut, explaining like, oh, like I'm getting married. How old are you? Oh, like I'm 21. Oh, that's quite young. All of a sudden, wow, uh, yeah, this is a bit awkward. Like, it doesn't make sense to you. You don't understand that, like, there's a reason why we feel like we need to get married now, which isn't, like, the norm of the world. There's, a, there's something that we're, like, we're doing now that is going to make sense in our future that doesn't make sense to the constructs of the world. Like, I know a lot of my friends, like, they're maybe in a different state, like, different place in their relationships. Like, they they don't maybe believe in sex before marriage. That's not something that they adhere to. Um, or they um, have decided that they'll have kids before they get married. It's just different. But because of my belief and because of what God, God's called us to um, and what God's um, spoken to me about, this is the way that, like, we knew that we needed to live our lives. So, um I knew that then, but what's exciting is that now I can see what he did 
and why he did it then. Like what me and Daniel are in a position now where we're nearly married three years and that's given us a, like a completely different um, like perspective on things that maybe we wouldn't have if we got married now at 24. So it's just exciting and cool to see the way that maybe things don't add up in a moment, but you get to the end and you're like, oh, I can kind of see where this is going. Hindsight. I love it. Afterwards. <laughs> I get annoyed at first. I'm like, oh, right. I don't like not knowing in the moment. But yeah, so we see Noah here. He's building something that doesn't make sense in his current environment. He's building a boat. He's building something for bigger than where he is now. Is there something in your life that you're being called to build that isn't for where you're at right now? Maybe you're looking around at your life, you're like, oh, God, this doesn't make sense. It feels uncomfortable to be building this. It feels uncomfortable to be putting this together where I'm at right now because it doesn't fit. It doesn't make sense. But we've got to trust that when God's called us something to something, that he will sustain us. We've got to have faith in his sustenance. And remember that it's not our job to change our environment. How many times do we get caught up trying to change things that we have no control over? We're there, like, God's called us to build a boat, start building the boat, looking over our shoulder, like, oh, the, maybe, like, I could pour some, like, build a stream to help, like, this bit of water get to here, because then my boat can, f like, no, that's not my job, because otherwise, when the time comes, my boat's going to be half built. Don't be afraid of building your boat. There's a mystery in God, isn't there? And we love it. Every single one of us, we love the mystery of God, like the, the bigness of God. Like it's, I just, I, well, I personally love the mystery of God. I love that I can't like know everything in that. And I can, I have the like ability to trust in him. Like obviously it's scary at times, but I love the mystery of God until we're caught in the middle of it. And then we're like, oh, I'm in the mystery, like I'm in the middle of it. And it gets frustrating, but, but remember, like when we know God, like we did at the beginning, when we know who he is, it's a key to having faith when things don't add up. When I was um, like preparing this message, one thing that um, God really spoke to me about um, when it came to the, this building the boat, and this is relevant for everyone in this room, is God spoke to me about this church. And I really believe that um, we're building something in here that maybe doesn't make sense, like where we are. It doesn't really make sense in the environment that we're in. Like, why do we need to do this? Why do we need to change that? Why do we, because God's doing something in here that isn't for now and it's not for here and it's going to have big influence. And I just really want to encourage you, like we all have a part to play in building this church in building this boat, building this ark. And like I said, we've all got a purpose and we've all got um, God's call on our lives to do things. But we, when we come together, we're all responsible for building this church. We're all responsible for building this boat. So I want to encourage you, like, remember that this isn't for now. Remember that God's not um, just building this church for now. It's to sustain. It's for the long. And we need to have faith in that when things, like, don't make sense. So Noah was obviously asked to build this ark, and um, I was like, oh, 
that's really good there because he found a faithful guy that knew how to build an ark. So like, that's really good, God. Good job. And then I was like, wait a minute, I should probably look if Noah knew how to build an ark. So I Googled it. And um, <laughs> I found out that Noah's actual skill set was to be a farmer. And I just love this because I'm pretty sure every time I preach and I find a story, I'm like, oh, like God found someone that was, knew how to do the job that they were doing. It's like, no, he chooses someone that has no qualification, no, no um, knowledge about how to um, do something. So when we're sat thinking, I'm not qualified, we're not always going to be qualified to do what God's calling us to. Just like Noah, he was a farmer. Like, do you think he knew what he was doing? He's like, one minute was soil, the next minute was like planks of wood, like, and a hammer. Like, that's not his skill set, but um, he knew that God would sustain him. He knew that God would be with him and everything that is possible with God. And I'm not just talking about qualifications in the sense of, like, practicalities. I'm talking about um, our qualification in ourselves. Um, a lot of the time, um, we um, self-deprecate. We always go, oh, I'm not qualified to do this. And I had a thought, because, like, obviously, like always, as I'm preparing a message, I'm like, I'm not qualified to do this. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, yeah, okay, it kind of went okay last time, but this time, no, it's, I'm not qualified to do this. And I was kind of like, what, what qualifications do I think I need? Like, who, who is the standard of my qualifications? Where am I getting this from? And I was like, I've made this all up myself. I've come up with all these ideas myself. I've put this bar that I need to hit in myself. And I don't know this morning, maybe you put a bar somewhere in your life that you're trying to hit that wasn't meant to be there. Because I can tell you something, God didn't put it there. Because he's able to use us wherever we're at. Whatever we're doing, if he's put a call in your life, if he's put a purpose in front of you, he's, he's, he's handed you something. Even if it doesn't add up, he can use you. Like I was saying, we're not living a life for now. We have a future for, with God. So this takes me on to my next point. Faith for the long haul. Hmm, long haul. You didn't want me to say that, did you? But it's true. It's going to take time sometimes. It's going to be a journey. Like faith to sustain, obviously, it means that there's going to be time involved. So as I was looking at this passage, as I was reading through the story of Noah, I, um, I noticed at one part it said like, um, after Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So I was like, oh, he was 500. And then at the end, it says that um, in the 600th year of Noah's life, the water came. I was like, that's a long time. So, and then I did some research, and then someone else confirmed it. But between the, it took Noah between 55 and 100 years to build the ark. That is a long time. And I was like, oh, this is not motivational. This is not, <laughs> this does not fill me with great joy. This does not, like, oh, 55 to 100 years. That's a long time. But then it also goes on later in the verse. Um, it's um, chapter 7, verse 4. Um, it says that 
uh, God said that seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And then later on it says, um, on after these seven days, the flood waters came to the earth. I was like, oh, sweet, seven days, I'll take that one. Because God like, came and he did what he said in seven days. So Noah's Ark building took like 55 to 100 years. And then like he did another, he like, asked for something else of Noah. He said, can you gather all these um, animals? Can you get everyone together? Because in seven days, I'm going to do this. And I was like, okay, I choose a seven days time span. Please, God. Like, I want that. But I was like, ah, I kind of, things take different amounts of time, don't they? Like, imagine if God had said, Noah, get all these animals together, get all these people together, and then I'll send rain at some point. Like, that's a lot of animals and a lot of people to have together for maybe, like, a longer period of time. But, like, it needed to be a short amount of time for that, like, mission, for that purpose. Like, it had to be a short amount of time. Whereas building an ark, is that going to be possible in seven days? Probably not. Different calls, different like missions, different purposes have their own time spans. And we need to be okay with that because like everything has a specific, like it's so specific and timely with God. Like he doesn't just go, hmm, maybe. He's like, no, this. And we have to um, be okay being in God's timing. We have to be okay that it might take longer than we want. And comparison kills. Like, I got mad the other week about fear. This is my second one. Comparison. Like, it makes me sick. It makes me angry because, like, oh, you're all so amazing. Like, you're all so incredible, the way you are and the way that God's made you to be. And in that, like, we can't compare what God is doing with us. We can't look at to the side and be like, but that, that didn't take as long as what, what you're doing in me is taking a bit longer. Like, is there something wrong with me? Are, like, are they better than me? Is there, am I not reading my Bible as much? Do I need to fast longer? Like, do, no food ever? Like what, like, what is it that I'm not doing that they're doing? It's like, no, just be faithful in what God's called you to. And I just think as well, like, for Noah to build an ark for 100 days, like, imagine that. Like, just going every day and just, like, pursuing the call. And we don't hear any time between until God says to get the animals together. We don't hear Noah's conversation with God. We don't hear God go, like, oh, keep going, good job, only 10 more years to go. Like, we don't hear anything. And it's just, sometimes we expect that from God, don't we? We expect him to, like, be cheering us on from the sideline or always be knocking in on us to say, yeah, he's still doing the right thing. But, like, we just have to trust the call that God's given us. When we, again, when we acknowledge who God is and we trust the call that he's given us, like, we don't need to hear it again. Like, he's not going to repeat himself for the sake of it. Like, we, we know. So we just got to keep doing. Like, remember, like, let's go back to the source. When I was preparing this, I was like, oh, I'm going to find a verse for comfort for people, like going back to the source. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, let's just go back to who God is. Let's go back to the fact that he's infinite. He's immutable. He's self-sufficient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipotent. I can't say that one. Omnipotent. Omnipresent. He's wise. He's faithful. He's good. He's just. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's loving. He's holy. And he's glorious. Like that, that is comfort. That's what we need to know. We don't need some, like, poem 
to tell us. We don't need some quote from Instagram to tell us, like to feel good. We just need to know who our God is and that is the comfort that we need. What about when we um, take that step? So we've taken a step, like um, Dan and Becky were talking about last week. Taking a step can be exciting. Like, you know, oh, I'm going to build an ark. Like, I'm going to do this thing that God's been calling me to do. It's like a bit edgy to what everyone else thinks. It's not the the norm around here. It's not like maybe it's a financial risk. Ah, like it's kind of exciting. There's a thrill, right? But then sometimes we, when we do that, when we take a step, you kind of lose those that excitement and you lose like kind of the thrill that you had it in that moment. But we've got to remember that it's not about feelings. It's not about how we feel at times when we're pursuing the call that God's put in our life. When we're having faith, it's not about our feelings. And there's a song um, called Waymaker. And I'm just going to read a couple of lines. And it says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And that's something we need to know. That even when we don't see it and when we don't feel it, God is working. And we just need to own that. Like when it gets mundane and we're doing it every day, like Noah went out and like was hammering. Like, have you ever done housework? Like, Wow. not fun okay (laughs) it's not fun but you have to do it it's like something that you have to do and sometimes with the call that God's put on us there's things that we just have to do and it's not going to like give us a thrill it's not going to make us like really excited all the time but we've got to know that we're just pursuing what God's put on our life and that is exciting that is exciting that God's using us and it might not be how we thought and it might not be as flashy as we thought but God is saying to use us and like what's better than building God's kingdom and seeing people's lives change. So, like, I kind of had another little thought. So he's built maybe, this is, like, my thoughts, by the way. So he's built an ark, and it's taken him 100 years. I was like, what if it didn't take 100 years? But it just took 100 years till, like, God then said, okay, it's time. That means he's got this ark sat there. That means that there's some maintenance that needs to be done. Because you can't just leave an ark out, like, sitting. It might need some, like, tending to, a bit of dusting, a bit of polishing, a bit of, like, caring. And something I've learned, like, since owning a house, is, like, we have a garden. (laughs) We don't do anything to it. And I can see that if I don't do anything, I thought, oh, these are just concrete things on the floor. Like, I can just leave them. They're not going to die. But then the weeds grow. And then, like, there's gross mud bits in places. The amount of power hose are nothing. So, like, even though I thought that this didn't need looking after, it needs tending to. And I think there's sometimes there's stuff that God's called us to, and we're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go. And he's like, but now's not the time. Because his time is perfect, remember. And we just have to tend and care to where we're at and what we're doing. Because, like, obviously, like, like we can't just go, mm, he didn't use it, throw it away, move on to the next thing. It's like we need to tend and care to what God's, like, given us. Um, and I just thought that was interesting. Have you got something that maybe, like, you're like, I'm ready to go. But it just needs a bit of, like, looking after in this time. Or have you neglected something that maybe God put and gave you?
time has an effect on us. I was thinking about like things that you leave um, or you could leave and the effect that time has on them. So we've got things like your lunch from yesterday. If you leave that on the side, it's going to get moldy. But then you've got like a wine. If you leave that for a while, it's going to mature. And we have to be wise about the things that we leave. Um, are we going to let? Are we going to let ourselves get moldy? Are we going to let ourselves mature? Like, what position are we um, leaving things in? Like, are we going to leave things at a place where they are going to get moldy? They are going to break. They are going to fall down. Or are we going to leave things in a place where it can only mature, where it can grow? I think we have to be wise with timing, and we have to be wise with the things that God's put in ha- in our hands. Because time has an effect. And as I was thinking about um, faith for the long haul, um, oh, the banking dog, he's he's that way. Um, when I think about things for the long haul, I obviously like currently, like obviously with coronavirus, this is like a massive thing, and I think it's crazy that this is a time in life where we're all experiencing the same thing. We're all going through the same storm at the same time. Like, how rare is that? Because, like, usually people will sit up here and talk about people going through a storm. But, like, we're all going through it at the same time right now. We're all experiencing the same storm. And I was like, wow, that's, that's massive. Because now, now we, together, get to react in this time. But right now, like, we're talking about it. But we don't know how long this is going to go on for. We don't know how long things are going to stay this way. And, like, it's easy to be like, yeah, like, like peace, no spirit of fear in this place now. But maybe, maybe in three weeks' time when some of you know has got a little bit sick, it might be a little bit harder. Like, again, like, having that excitement, having that, that thrill of, like, oh, this is new, this is exciting, like, oh, I wonder... Um, what's going to happen, like that kind of excitement. And then it's the two weeks later, it's the three weeks later, like how are we going to sustain this? How as a church are we going to stand together um, in the long haul? How are we going to have faith for this, that faith that we do serve a God that's bigger than a virus? How are we going to, as a church, stand together and say, like our God is greater and we're going to be the hands and feet of God? How are we going to provide for our community in the long term? Not when it's just a, a thrill of an idea. Like We're talking long term here. We're not talking like to like the next couple of days. We're talking long term. And it kind of just made me think like, wow, um, a long term can be tiring. And I don't know this morning um, if you're in a position where you're tired. Like, Noah's 100 years sounds short to me. Noah's 100 years, like, kind of sounds like a breeze because my my long haul is long. And I just want to encourage you this morning, and I want to um, encourage you in, in the journey that maybe you're on. And um, just say, like, God sees you. He acknowledges you. Have you got a boat this morning that you can get?
God call you to? Maybe you don't have a boat on your heart and you're like, I want more. I want to know this God. I want to, I want to experience what it's like to be in his call. I just want to encourage you that our God's faithful. I know there was a this verse that I read before. It says, um, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. And I just feel like we need to hear that again this morning. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.